This is the Chillinois Podcast. You told me that day at school for career day. Came in, you said, if you ain't first, you're last. Oh, hell, Ricky, I was high when I said that. Damn right, bro. 4 a.m., I'm just getting started. For my birthday, I threw me a surprise party. Reminiscing about the trap playing the first card. My life changed when I had my first daughter. This episode was recorded on Sunday, September 20th, around 10 a.m. I am Cole. I am your host for the Chillinois podcast. And I'm Justine from Can Queens. All right. So today we've got a pretty exciting episode. Uh, it's, I'm going to call it a follow-up episode, follow episode from one we've had in the past. Um, we've not only had cannabis legalization news on our show, but we've had cannabis legaliz- or we've been on cannabis legalization news. And so um, I just wanted to talk to the producer off of that show, Lauren, just separately to talk about who she is and um, what she does just as an individual, you know, separate from uh, CLN. So definitely check out uh, CLN Cannabis Legalization News and what they do on YouTube um, and online. But uh, today we've got Lauren on. So Lauren, welcome to the Chillinois podcast. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy Sunday. Uh, it Like just. Justine, Justine, did you say, is it, did you mention that it's 10 a.m.? It is 10 a.m. Yeah, bright and early, so hope you had your breakfast, Lauren. How are we doing today? I'm pretty good. <laughs> you know, I got a mimosa yeah. in one hand, a blunt in the other. So I'm pretty <laughs> right. Good stuff, good so, stuff. So, in other words, you're living your best life today. Exactly, yes. <laughs> cool. So, uh, Lauren, just take a moment to introduce yourself, if you don't mind. Well, hi, I'm Lauren. I am a social media strategist and content creator. Um, yeah, basically, I just work with a lot of cannabis brands and businesses, helping them with their social media and their uh, content strategy. So, uh, yeah, that's me. Absolutely. I, I must say, um, you know, this is maybe the last thing I'll say about cannabis legalization news until the end. I always like to plug the work that you, you know, our guests do. But um, I love what you do at Cannabis Legalization News. It's a really uh, tightly run show. It feels super professional. And so just wanted to give you props out of the gate on that one. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. I love working with the team. Miggy and Tom are dope. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. So um, when did you get introduced to cannabis? I think on from our last show, I think you said it was sometime in high school. But remind us, when did you first get introduced to cannabis as I roll us up a joint? <laughs> well, yeah, I... I was trying to think back, like, because I was like, like most people, I was a dare kid. But when I first like smoked weed, it was sometime in sophomore or junior year of high school. Uh, shout out to Khadija and Maisha. They hooked me up. I was like, because they smoked a lot. And I was just like, hey, I'm interested in this, what y'all got going on. And they just took me under their wing. It's been full steam ahead since then. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Shout out to them. So, um, Tell us about, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but tell us about being a dare kid. What were your early perceptions of cannabis? Was it, was it that spooky evil stuff or what was, what was your perception? I, I, you know, it was weird because both my parents were in the military. My dad, I was really proud of my dad. He was uh, um, McGruff, the crime dog. So I was, I was proud of that. It was just like every, everything that could, anything that could alter your mind is bad. So having weed in the house, obviously, and on a military household, 
super bad. I put my parents in so much uh, jeopardy bringing that plant on our property. But yeah. I guess, yeah, it was just, it's just, yeah, definitely a, uh, an evil plant growing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, so it was, it was tough telling them that uh, coming out of the canvas closet, you know, as an adult saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And they're like, oh, okay. You could, you could work for the government if you wanted to. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but I'm <laughs> right. Who says I want to? <laughs> exactly. And you mentioned um, McGruff the crime dog. And I instantly got the little Scruff McGruff Chicago, Illinois uh, jingle in my head. So thank you for bringing back that memory. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if that's a bad flashback. <laughs> I think uh, my brain is mashing it up with the little song that they sing at the end of Zoom. So I've got most of the McGruff uh, crime song good. But when it comes to that zip code, I'm going to send you straight to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tell us, so what, other than cannabis legalization news, what do you do in the cannabis industry now? You got anything else going on? Yeah, I'm working with several brands, just helping them with their uh, social media presence, their email campaigns, uh, their content on their website, blog writing, ghost writing, all sorts of stuff. Gotcha. And I don't, I don't mean to take a few steps back, but I just uh, was relating to you. Um, can you go into like how did you introduce your parents to the fact that you used cannabis was it purposeful or did they catch you or like how, how did that go down exactly i definitely came out because i felt so guilty i wanted I, and my parents really instilled integrity first that's like an air force thing i think integrity first so tell the yeah. truth so when i did start like picking up myself i told them hey i'm smoking weed and my dad was like oh Okay. And then he, like, I showed him my bag and he was like, all right, give it to me. And then he just <laughs> flushed it down the toilet. And, uh, but that was it. He like, he knew that I continued to smoke weed and I continued to buy. He was just like, we don't yeah. need to have this conversation, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst when they, when they destroy the product right in front of you. That's right. <laughs> I don't like, know. That is, that is a lesson in and of itself though. Like it stings. <laughs> True. It's kind of like when they tell you, uh, when they're like, Lauren, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. Exactly. You know how, how it just stings. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, you mentioned in uh, the, the last podcast we had with you that you got involved in a cannabis startup. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Was right out of college, I started working with Canatopia. They were a small startup out of 1871, I think. It was an incubator in Chicago, downtown. And I worked with them for about two years. And uh, it was just an internship, but that definitely presented a lot of, I learned a lot working with them. Yeah. Was that a, what, what was that like to tell your parents that you were getting a legitimate paycheck from cannabis? Well, that was the thing. It was, it was just an internship. Oh, so. an internship. Sorry. I, yeah. No, it's I, okay. That's, that's the, another thing with my parents. They're like, well, you're not getting, there's no weed. There, not there's no weed. There's no money in weed. They kept saying that, which <laughs> is not no true. Weed. But uh, I wasn't making money in weed at that point. But yeah. um, I guess, I guess though, what, what did they think about it shaping up to you making money? I guess what my question was really was the fact that, you know, um what from their viewpoint i always think it's interesting to hear from a parent like from a parent's perspective 
Like all of a sudden you tell them, uh, Hey, I'm smoking weed. You cop up, you're honest about it. And they're like, what? You know, that's kind of crazy. But I think another thing that's like crazy for parents is when they see that it's like, there's actually a legitimate industry out there. Did they have any like thoughts about that, that it was like actually shaping up to be legitimate? No, I don't think they really knew until this year slash like last year when I started freelancing full time and they like saw that I, you know, am at having a lot of fun and supporting myself and, you know, doing my thing, making money, talking about yeah. weed, smoking weed, writing about weed. It wasn't real <laughs> for them until, you know, that paycheck was coming in. Yeah. Well, good on you for, uh, for fucking putting your, the money where your mouth is <laughs> and just sticking <laughs> with it and making your dream come true. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it took some work, but I got there. (laughs) So when did you start getting involved with more of like the activism aspect of cannabis? I'd say really like this year, last year, when I came to a point where I had some like steady clients, uh, because I was kind of, I was a little worried about, you know, like the the image that I posted on my Instagram, um, with all the people who are operating in Illinois, all the dispensary owners, I was kind of scared to be like mask off because I could like put my job in jeopardy being a freelancer. I probably can't work for GTI or any other, yeah. you know, cause I'm not ta- I'm not saying the best things about them, but when I started getting into activism, yeah, it was definitely when I came to a point in my freelance career that, you know, I could support myself. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you got to a point where you're like, eh, it really doesn't matter if these brands won't pick me up because I've got this, this, and this going on that's going pretty well. Yep. Yeah, totally understandable. Um, So how do you feel as someone who is working with different people in the cannabis industry? What are your thoughts on the future of cannabis? Like, where would you like to see cannabis go? That's tough. I don't know. There's so many places weed can go. I can't like dream a dream, you know, I don't know. Like we talk about like being able to go to a farmer's market and just meeting your dude. And he says, I, I just grew some new, you know, some new, I don't even know some creative name and just like having a personal relationship with your grower. That'd be dope. I'm, I'm looking forward to having some kind of relationship with like a grower. Um, But the future of weed, I don't know. There's so many opportunities. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you guys hear a lot? Well, well, I mean, I guess I hope the future of weed include, cause I remember when I was, you know, like when I was going through school and stuff and if I wrote a paper on like trying to convince people on the legalization of weed or, or cannabis as we call it now, you know, like I, uh, would always try to frame it as, you know, it's not just a, what you can it's not just what the plant can provide you medicinally. It's not just that it can, that it's psychoactive and that maybe it's, you know, that it takes down on pain or whatever else. It's not just that it's also the industrial purposes. So the fact that it's could be used as a biofuel, as a plastic, as a, um, like a built, yeah, textile, a built, a building, um, material, and it seems like as soon as we legalized it in all these states, we kind of forgot about that. And not not um, like totally, obviously, as you guys cover on cannabis legalization news, there are movements for industrial hemp. But it just seems like that movement, it used to be louder before legalization. And, and then once we legalized it, it seems like it kind of got quiet, you know? 
Mm-hmm. That's true. So, yeah. I guess if that that's what I would hope for, Justine, what do you hope for in the future of cannabis? I mean, obviously federal legalization and then more medical research on it. And like you said, more ways to create uh, textiles, building materials, um, biofuels, all that kind of stuff. Like really just harnessing the power of the plant in all aspects. And Lauren, I liked what you said about um, having more of a personal relationship with your grower. I mean, it's how it is now. If you go to a dispensary and you buy a Cresco strain and it sucks, then you don't like the only thing you can do about it is complain about it on the internet to other people and tell people not to buy it. Whereas if we were able to cultivate these personal relationships with growers, then you could go back to them and say, Hey, listen, I tried this stuff and it's just really not up to quality. I think you're doing something wrong. And then they could kind of adjust on the fly or um, really look into their growing techniques and try to adjust that. So I, I think that that would be an amazing thing to say, see in the future. And I think that's going to come along with like craft growers um, and more shaping up of caregiver programs to allow them to grow, especially here in Illinois. I think if I could have a caregiver growing my plants for me, that'd make me super happy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those are both great answers though. Yeah. The future of weed. I mean, hell, I, I don't, I don't know, but yes, obviously federal legalization, legalization, the more act would have been dope. Got to wait a couple of more weeks on that, yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for providing that update. I, that, that is something that we should definitely cover the more act. What is the deal on it? Is it just not getting called to, to a vote in the house? Yeah, I think they just pushed it back a couple of weeks, but def- after the election, I think. Don't I see. That, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna. It's gonna be after the election. Gotcha. Well, you know, maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. We won't get too far into that, but maybe that's a good thing because, like, mm-hmm. you know, fingers crossed, we don't have another Trump presidency, and so uh, if the more act were to pass, we, you'd hope that it'd pass the Senate, and then you'd hope that it would get you know, a signature from the president. And I, I don't know, I just don't see Trump as cannabis friendly. So, but again, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I, I guess another thing I hope to see in the future, and I feel like you'll, you'll definitely uh, agree with this. Cause I, you know, I'll just give your Instagram a shout out at Coolgate. I like that you have in your uh, description, deschedule cannabis, you racists. I, I hope <laughs> I hope that we do that, and I hope that can the cannabis the field in and of itself becomes more equitable. Word. Um, because you know what we saw with this most recent uh, license announcement, it doesn't look like it just looks fishy at this point, and so we're hoping for better, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're hoping for better. So tell us how you think our use or our listeners can get involved and help um, in the fight. You know, obviously follow cannabis legalization news um, because then you can stay up to date and everything that's coming out in the industry. Um, but how else do you think listeners can get involved and, and change? Well, consumers, we are the strongest people in the industry. We have so much power. We need to know who our representatives are. You can contact your dispensaries and tell them like, hey, um, 
y'all need to carry some more black black owned like products you know you have so yeah. much power you can do like organize uh talk to your representatives tweet them tweet them straight up some of them answer and um we had senator dalen leach on the show uh and he said if you can't get a representative to tweet something or they can't agree to something by tweeting it they're probably going to lie so that's just a fun tip that i wanted to pass along i love uh, it <laughs> But yeah, we need to know who our representatives are. Know who your alderman is. Talk to them. Have a relationship with them. Know your neighbors. Talk to your neighbors. Like, we're a team, guys. Let's get this done. Yeah, definitely. You know? So on that note, I just wanted to share something that Mike Fouché shared. Um, go to vote.org, and it has all the information um, that you'll need to get registered to vote and find out who your representative is. And um super important right mm -hmm. this election I, I mean as we all know this is gonna be a this is a pretty big election so uh if there's a year that you're gonna vote or get involved this is the year to do it yeah please. definitely please. <laughs> please don't don't sit back don't um yeah don't be passive get involved if you're able to go in and vote and cast your vote do it if you don't feel comfortable you know if you're immunocompromised or you are around people that are request a mail-in ballot you can do that from vote.org um stay safe people but vote please vote um because like lauren and we are saying you know it's super important especially this go around i mean it's always important you know power begets power but um yeah and i say that because I say power begets power because RBG, rest, rest her soul. Um, yeah, we'll just, we'll smoke one for RBG. How about that? <laughs> I don't know how much she would like that, but we'll do it anyway. <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, what is the old saying? It's the, uh, it's the intentions. I don't know. The thought, yeah. <laughs> the thought that... <laughs> I'm going to cough up my lung before I finish the thought <laughs> that this was supposed to count. <laughs> so what are you smoking on, Lauren? I know you said you had a blunt in hand. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just some blend that uh, my local provider hooked me up with. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Your legacy provider. Um, well, I know you said local local provider, but I wanted to point or plug that term from uh, – Nurse Kibra, who was recently on our podcast, and she, I don't know if she coined that term, but I wanted to, I, I give her credit for that term because I think it's a great way of referring to our legacy providers. That, 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 that is such a concise way of calling, you know, your guy, what, mm -hmm. you know, something that sounds more professional. So <laughs> do you grow your own, Lauren? No, I don't have a card. Not that gotcha. But also, like, I live, I'm, I'm a renter, it, and I have, like, a tiny little one-bedroom in Lakeview, so it probably wouldn't work out too well, but <laughs> I want to one day. Yeah. All I'm growing right now are some green onions, and that's really easy. That's the easiest thing you can grow, so. There you go. Victory Garden. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, um, I just want to say, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on to the Chillinois podcast. We'll, uh, we're, we're smoking on joint over here, so we're going to spark up to close out. Justine, did you have any other thoughts as we close out? 
No, not really. I mean, well, I mean, there is something that I kind of did want to touch on with you, yeah, Lauren. It's something that it's a little bit more deep, I guess. <laughs> but um, so as a black woman, a member of the LGBTQ plus, however you want to coin it, and working in cannabis, do you feel when it comes to your activism, do you feel some sort of like social obligation to do that? Or do you feel like it's something that you have to do? Or is it more that you just did it because you wanted to? Mm. That's a good question, Justine. <laughs> Throwing it in there right as we thought we were closing. <laughs> <laughs> and we're hitting the joint. So now she's right? sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I guess... Um... Justice has always been something I've cared a lot about, even before, like, <laughs> I started smoking weed, you know, I started my the first gay straight alliance in my high school, I spoke a lot about, you know, equality and justice in high school and uh, middle school. But to answer your question, I guess it just made sense for me to do it. Weed just... And I hope this is answering your question, but we combine so many of my loves, justice, health, community, uh, you know, wellness, it going in the weed and talking about as much as I can and eloquently about weed. It just, it just made sense. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. I totally <laughs> get where you're coming from. I'm sorry. Y'all got me baked, man. No, hey, it's all good. That that's you know, it's it's what we do. I told I I asked you, you know, so you you uh, enlightened us by coming prepared with the rolled with the rolled canvas. So um, I wanted, I guess, another question that just came out, and I don't I don't know that it's so important that I ask this, but I just were words matter sometimes, and I wanted to ask you. You said that you came out to your parents about cannabis did it feel that way because of the stigma because i know it felt that way for me like when i came out right i mean i said the same words when i came out to my parents you know what i mean um usually you use those words for when you come out to your parents you know about your sexual orientation did it feel that way though with cannabis yeah i think it might have i'm not sure it kind of felt like a bigger discussion with cannabis too because when i told my parents i was just like hey i'm dating i'm dating this this chick and they're like okay but when i talked about weed yeah i did have to like <laughs> that was a different discussion it, hey it, but maybe that's a mark of progress that you know that's yeah a, i think that's a good thing that yeah. like because at the end of the day maybe the reason they were concerned about you saying that you use cannabis <clears throat> it, it wasn't because they thought it was necessarily like dangerous or anything else but maybe they were just concerned about who you were getting it from or whatever else. At least that's where if like a younger sibling of mine, for example, <clears throat> started smoking, I would be concerned only because like, who did you get this from? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, a, I think that's a sign of progress that uh, <laughs> they had less of a reaction to you coming out, you know, about who you are than about what you use. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think it was a combination too. Cause like, I'm black, I'm a woman, I'm masculine presenting, and I smoke weed like on the street, you know, in where we were living in Dayton, Ohio, I stuck out like a sore thumb. So it was like a safety thing for them too, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you're coming from Ohio. I didn't even realize that part of the story. Um, <laughs> Ohio, yeah, is pretty crazy with cannabis, if I'm not mistaken. They're coming around, but probably back when you were younger, it was even crazier, like I was talking about. So I can see where they were coming from with their concerns, you know. <laughs> so, cool. All right. Well, that was a good little discussion there, Justine. I thought we were about <laughs> to close out. So, um, all right. Well, uh, Lauren, you enjoy the rest of your Sunday morning. Thank you so much for joining us with, what did you say you had? A blunt and a mocha? or Mimosa. Mimosa. Okay. Yep. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was great. Yeah, for sure. We'll have you back on in the future. We'll even reach out to Tom and Miggy as well. I just want to plug once again, um, <clears throat> your Instagram, uh, Lauren, where can people find you on Instagram? Hit me up at cool gay aunt. I don't post much, but I am always online because it's my job. <laughs> so hit me up. Cool gay aunt. Cool. And do you want to plug any other places you work with? I was going to plug cannabis legalization news, but it, feel free. Any other places you want to give a shout out to or people? No, just go to vote.org. You know, <laughs> cool. <laughs> do your part. Yeah. And register to vote and vote. Perfect advice. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Take care. <laughs>